2: For the love of Salt Lake Radio News with Maria Chileos on KSL News Radio.
0: We've already established the important role radio and specifically radio news played in the lives of Salt Lake residents in the 70s. But KSL also made history when it became the first radio station to broadcast a locally produced evening talk show to a national audience.
1: From Salt Lake City, high in the Mountain West, the Mutual Broadcasting System presents
2: the Herb Jepco Nightcap Show. In
0: 1975, the Nightcap Show made history, becoming the first nationally syndicated call-in talk show on the Mutual Broadcasting Network.
3: Who's the man who listens to
0: everybody's noise? He's never lost his temper. He's
3: never lost his
4: boy.
1: This next call is here from Florida. Good morning.
4: Hello,
0: Herb. Hello
4: there. Jepco, the Herb of our slaves.
0: Herb Jepco's overnight show had already been running on KSL radio for 11 years when the mutual network picked it up. At its pinnacle, Jepco had 10 and a half million listeners nightly and was heard on over 255 stations across the nation.
4: He was the same person in person, one-on-one as he was on air with mostly lonely little old ladies who were insomniacs. Just a warm, caring, and, and an incredible warmth in his voice.
0: KSL employee Rich Finlinson would stick around after screening calls for a talk show called Public Pulse to chat with Jepco about the radio business.
4: What was fun about it, though, is he was so used to his on-air routine that he could actually carry on two conversations. So he would be on the air... Talking to someone, and most of his side of the conversation would be, Yes? Oh dear. Yes, dear. Thank you. Yes. Uh huh. And he would open the microphone to say those things, but then he would close the microphone and turn to me, and we'd have a conversation while he was talking with someone on the air. Nightcaps people
2: to people It was a non-controversial program. The whole thing was uh, more of a, hi, how are you? Uh, everything's wonderful. Or, uh, gee, Herb, I have a lot of arthritis pain tonight. And, you know, he would say, oh, we haven't heard from you for a long time. Or, oh, welcome back. You know, and they had the nightcaps and night stands and it was a pretty going concern.
0: John Donnell was KSL Radio's chief engineer. He says despite the show's popularity Herb jepco 's deal with the Mutual Network came to a close when the network pushed Jepko to become more controversial to attract a younger audience.
2: Mutual offered Herb uh, the whole network deal and he didn't want to move to Washington D.C. where their headquarters were. He wanted to stay here. So as a result Larry King got that.
3: Hi, everybody, this is Larry King, and tonight's edition of your Peabody Award-winning Coast-to-Coast Larry King show... Will the
0: Nightcaps program on. continued for another five years after the network deal ended. JEPCO is often cited as a pioneer whose syndication provided the foundation for more controversial talk show hosts like Larry King and Phil Donahue. The nation mourns the loss of seven astronauts. Good evening, I'm Tracy Kayford, Call Radio News. The space shuttle
3: That was an exciting time, a really exciting time, because uh, the competition was keen, and you could be first.
0: Fred Scott was the news director at Call Radio from 1976 to 1996 with a news department of five to six people.
3: I felt that the role was to um, act in a totally impartial but uh, mildly aggressive way in becoming a clear conduit between the general public and the government that served them. Because they are acting in your behalf, with your blessings, with your vote, and with your money, and they need to be accountable.
0: He says the mission of his news department was clear under the third-class radio telephone license required by the FCC.
3: You are licensed to operate in the public interest. And I saw that as part of my job, not necessarily having a license to be in the so-called fourth estate, but to operate always in the public interest.
0: Delivering information to their listeners wasn't just important to these local owners. They took pride in providing valuable news content from around the world. Even broadcasters like Dan Bomas, who worked for stations with more of an emphasis on music, described the pride that the ownership took in providing news.
2: It was a, a, a local top 40 station. uh, And the news was mostly Rip and Read uh, from an old clanging UPI teletype. You know, back in that era, they were so proud of their teletype that they put it in a glass case in the front office.
0: Rock music station KRSP was one of those music stations that played a significant role in providing local news coverage. When Dan Baumas was hired in 1979 to report and anchor at KRSP, there were four people in the news department.
2: I saw my role as, to a large extent, being John Carter's straight man. Okay, but also letting my listeners know what was going on so that in, when they got to work and somebody said, Hey, did you hear about X? they would have heard about. 7 o'clock update this morning on Rock 103 with Dan Bomas and we are KRSP FM 103.5 Salt Lake City Ogden, Provo. Here's Dan. A police officer found the body of a shooting victim in an abandoned house in Ogden yesterday. We were about the first Team rock and roll morning show in Salt Lake. College basketball up in Logan. Utah State beat the Left Bridge Pronghorns from Canada. <laughs> the score was 110 to 38. You betcha. Heck you. of a game up there. Hey, left Bridge Pronghorns. Yeah, Left Bridge.
0: Besides the four full-service news shops that existed in Salt Lake in the early 1980s, others employed one or two employees to provide news and public service to their listeners. Among them were KSFI, KLO, KNRS, and country music station, KSOP. KSOP, owned and operated by founder Henry Hilton and his family, was committed to providing news as a part of the station's mission to serve the community. KSOP was also the world's first full-time FM stereo station to play country western music. The
1: FM was the first full-time country FM station in the United States. And uh, so it was an AM-FM combo and a uh, quirky little place to work. Everybody in each office had the last name Hilton. Wayland Jennings once upon a time applied for a job as a disc jockey at this radio station because it was the first place ever they promoted concerts here so they had a one-on-one relationship with many of these artists and they used to bring uh, all of the country shows to Salt Lake before there were big promoters doing it.
0: Tim Hughes was the afternoon drive announcer on KSOP from 1979 to 1988.
1: And that worked for them. It was okay because they were such a um, legendary radio station in this market and they had such heritage, uh, and they were for a while the only country station in town. So they they didn't feel like, and they proved themselves right, that they didn't need ratings necessarily to go sell.
0: Still to come on For the Love of Salt Lake Radio News, we hear how a shift in philosophy and policy at the federal level began to translate into the delivery of less news and information at the local level.